Today on the Patch Pod, we're discussing Miss Continental, which is all the way from the windy city of Chicago, Illinois. This pageant is the creme de la creme. It's iconic, and so many stunning divas have been crowned in this pageant. You want to talk about glamour? You want to talk about hard work, dedication, drag excellence, and hair loafs? Honey, this was the one for you. Honey, the bakery is open. Please enjoy at this time for your consideration. This is episode two of our limited series, Pageant Pod, Miss Continental. Forever. the great city of Hollywood, California. A queen who would tell you that no one died at Stonewall and also tear down a wall to create an open floor plan. It is Wilhelmina St. Hevers. And also representing Hollywood, California, but more specifically Hollywood Boulevard, it's that 90028 beauty, a queen who will in fact send you a $10,000 via PayPal request. She also uses Venmo. It's Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 of the planet Glamtron. Venmo has limits. Uh, good evening, panel Friends and of family only. Good evening, distinguished panel of judges. Welcome back to Pageant Pod, which we, of course, lovingly call Pageant Pod. Uh, in this eight-episode <laughs> limited series podcast, we are exploring the fabulous and dramatic history of drag pageants and how these queer institutions help shape drag culture as we know it today. And that's tea. And on today's episode, we're going to be diving deep down into the history of the one and only Miss Continental Pageant. So let's get into it. Um, that's right. Miss Continental is is kind of the the holy grail of pageants to a lot of girls. It's, it's the one. It's it's based on just the beauty, uh, the mm-hmm. beauty. Um, and it was created in 1980 because Jim Flint, who owns the Baton, which is like the great show bar in Chicago, um, he he saw that other pageants weren't allowing trans contestants and mm-hmm. girls with body mods and face mods. So um, and he said, "Mama, let's do this." Mm-hmm. Um, it first took place at the Baton, as you said, in Chicago, Illinois. Good evening, Chicago! Um, it graduated to much larger theaters since then, such as the Vic, uh, and it's usually held over Labor Day weekend. Are we mm-hmm. go- We have to go this year. I want to. I'm, I'm down if you're down. Uh, in 1991, the Continental Pageantry System created Miss Continental Plus 2 for plus-size competitors, specifically weighing 225 or more, uh, minus Swarovski. They do not let you weigh in with your pageant jewels. <laughs> Because some girls are cheating. Exactly. Some some girls are 195 and they're wearing all their jewelry and then saying, no, I'm plus. <laughs> and, okay, so there's Miss Continental Plus and then there's also Miss Continental Elite, which was created in 2004. And that's for entertainers who are 40 years of age and older. Now, if you have more than 50% of your body covered in cone, your age does get subtracted a little bit. But um, you have to go with That's we're going with true. we're going That's with stated real. ages on birth certificates. <laughs> the hospital where I was born burned down, so <laughs> you cannot calculate how old I am. The doctor did it after you saw what came out of your mother. Um, uh. <laughs> there's also Mr. Continental, yes. and that was in 2003, and that was formed for uh, male entertainers. And I think basically the the backup dancers for Continental was like. Well, I want to do this too. What about I wanna, us? What about us? I could do this. I don't need a wig. I I wear lashes and a liner. Uh, my name is Axel Andrews, and I could do this too. My mother it's does a it. Whole right. It's a world unto itself. Um, yeah. So there are some huge names who have been former winners of Continental: Sasha Colby, Erica Andrews, Tandy Andrews, mm-hmm. Maya Douglas, Kelly Lauren, Mocha Montrese, Giselle Barbie Royale, Stasha yes. Sanchez, who was just on Legendary. Vanessa Van Cartier and many many names you probably recognize a lot of these names because we can't go a podcast without talking about all of these women <laughs> yeah um these are the girls that I remember thinking were the unattainable beauties and yeah I I first encountered them working at s4 in Dallas which is like one of the best show bars in America the world yeah it's got all the technology Asia O'Hara came up through there um 
and I got to work with like Tommy Tommy Ross, mm. um, Maya Maya Douglas, mm-hmm. uh, Layla Larue, like these legendary queens that were just so beautiful. Icons. And like I would I would look at them getting ready in the mirror, coming in twenty minutes before the show, and after mm-hmm. I'd been there two hours, just doing my best and just i'd want to give up because the continental is known for its beauty and these girls and the way they hold themselves and handle themselves even in sweats you could tell a girl is a continental girl maya douglas just always has this like beautiful effortless like air of like Mm -hmm. uh just like a beautiful fairy kind of who just floats she's so beautiful yeah what's your first well miss continental i mean if I mean, if you kind of ask anyone in the pageant world, like Miss Continental's kind of the one. Like, how did we not say the... Candace in that list of winners too? Because that she exemplifies Continental. Well, we're going to talk to her. Oh, work! Yay! We're going to talk to. Her. We got Candace. We got oh! Candace. But Miss Continental is kind of like the big Kahuna, darling. When it comes to pageants, like um, Kahuna Montries is. <laughs> It's held as the pre premier and preeminent pageant that's out there. This last um, continental where uh, before the world ended, before you know everything shut down. Uh, yes, Roxy competed. Um, Vanessa Van Cartier won. Um, I got to go and be there in the room, and it is an electrifying experience. We. First of all, to get a ticket, you line up outside the theater with with everybody else who wants a ticket. And oh, you cool. have to have cash for the ticket. You have to have the exact amount of cash that you need. So I waited in line all day. And, and it's a great experience. You see, like, girls coming in. You get to meet the other people in line. Like, that's a part of the experience as well. It's like a then, tailgate. Yes, it is. And then you finally get in there. And it is just an electrifying experience. I I was blown away. I can't wait to go again. We need to I, go. I can't wait to go too. I'm very excited to take it in and be in the room where it happens. Um, the room where it happens. As you heard on our first episode, we have some amazing interviews with past winners of Miss Continental that we really want to share with you. So it is now time to talk to some of the winners of Miss Continental's past. Legend stars winners. So you want to be a legend? We got to speak with Candace Kane, who you may know from television's Dirty Sexy Money, The Magicians, Grey's Anatomy. She's been everywhere. CSI New York. With a certain someone. She also taught Alaska some hairography on season five of Drag Race. <laughs> and she did a major throwback cameo in the documentary Wigstock that we still quote to this day. And she's in the new Wigstock documentary, Wig, with Lena Bradford. Her and Lena fucking turned it. They were one of my favorite, if not favorite, uh, event from Wig. And Candace won Continental in 2001. Absolutely. Diamond Crown Queen. Honey, and, and I don't know what's in the water, but she looks the same. What was your like pageant journey like? Like how many times did you try and when did you start? And like, what was your trajectory like? So, I mean, I was in New York City and the last thing any of us girls in New York City doing our own shows, like trying to make it in the city, were thinking about was doing a pageant, you know? And um, I got approached a couple of years before I decided to do it by Lady Kateria, who's passed now. She uh, won Miss Continental um, Plus and then came back to win Miss Continental. And she was amazing. She lived in New York City. Um, And she was like, Candice, you need to do Miss Continental. You're such a continental girl. And I was like, girl, pageants are not my thing. You know, I'm just, you know, wig stock. I'm, you know... So, you know, a couple of years went by, she had passed and um, a guy, I was working at Crash in Queens and a guy who was a promoter there said, Candace, I want you to um, represent um, my pageant, my small pageant and go to Continental. I was like, I don't know if I should do that. And he's like, I, I have a deal with Mexico with this Dr. Sunny, and I'm going to get you a good deal if you want to like do any twerks or tweaks or anything. I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I will enter. So that was like my initial, like, how do I get surgery? 
<laughs> and <Word>. then <laughs> I, I, uh, I did the pageant and I won the small one and I went to Miss, I went to Continental. The second I walked into Continental, it was like, you know, Mimi Marks and Cezanne and Monica and like all of the Monica Monroe and, and all of these girls that were Miss Continentals. And I was like, it was like the first time that I met trans girls that were like me, that were showgirls, you know, in New York City, there was like Amanda and Sophia that were like on the club scene, but they weren't performers. And so I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I, I, I want to be a part of this family. And they totally embraced me. And so I competed. I got first runner up the first year. And then of course I was like, well, I got to win. <laughs> win. You know, that pageant. The itch. <laughs> competitive, like yeah. I'll knock you down and take my crown um, <laughs> comes, comes into effect. And I honestly wanted to be a part of the Continental family because I met all of these amazing women who were at the top of their game as performers, as pageant girls. And so I went in and I won and um, then I never did another pageant again. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> We had the pleasure of speaking with a Chicago queen who appeared on season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race and who had her eye on the Continental Crown for many years, Naisha Lopez, who won Miss Continental in 2013. So we like to start off with our guests by asking them to name off what titles and crowns they have won. So uh, we'll start with the one, uh, Miss Continental. Uh yeah, that's that's the only one. That's the one you need to win. <laughs> that's the one everybody wants to win. What uh, else? So are, are mean, there other I ones? Mean, there's, there's so many, but you know what? It's like there's Miss Caribbean, um, oh. there's Miss Faces, um, Miss Latina Continental. Um there's so many you just from Miss, Miss Illinois Lake. Continental. Miss Illinois, yes, Miss Illinois. Uh, I went Chicago. Um, but you know, there's, there's so many, but it's like, you, you get to Continental and you just kind of forget all the other ones. And you're like, well, this is the one. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, one. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we also spoke with Brooklyn Heights, who you may know as the host of Canada's Drag Race or from her hit podcast, Famous This Week on Mom. Ding. She was also in the top two of season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race and is just announced that she will be hosting a reboot of One Girl's Five Gays called One Queen, Five Queers. And Brooklyn won Continental in 2014. I am Brooklyn Heights and I'm Miss Continental 2014. I've also been a runner-up, first runner-up at EOI, first runner-up at Gay America. And I was, oh, I was also Miss Sweetheart International 2015, which is another like kind of national pageant. That sounds like a human trafficking organization cover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What was that prelim, honey? (laughs) Oh, there was no prelim. It was like one of those one night things. Got it. One Mm -hmm. night only. It was one night only. (laughs) And the pageant pageant started at 6 and I was crowned at 3 (gasps) a.m. We love a good long Long. patch. Long. We love. Oh, no, never again. That was, yeah, it was the longest night of my life, except for my give up, which also I gave up at 3 a.m. Oh, my <laughs> to God. Three, to like the four people. gave up, too. It was like four people in the building. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was a long night, but it was fun. <laughs> Will you take us back to, like, the very beginning and, like, what made you want to get interested in pageants? So the interest in pageants was actually um, because my family is like a pageant family. Like my sister is a former Miss Puerto Rico. And so she used to do pageants. I didn't know that it was something that I could even do. Um, (laughs) I was dancing like backup for some queen um, in Chicago for Continental. And I had no idea what I was like signed up for. I'm just like, you're dancing backup for this queen who's doing a pageant, blah, blah, blah. And then I show up there and I'm like, (laughs) wait, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And it was just, I mean, I was overwhelmed. It's like, it's at the Vic Theater, which is this enormous stage and all these beautiful trans women and drag queens and all the dancers and the productions. And I'm like, 
I was 16. I'm like, wow, I'm going to no, I have to win. This. Like, I'm going to be in this. I have to do this. Um, and from then on, I, it just kind of stuck. Pageantry just became the thing for me. This is <laughs> I was actually just talking about this with my drag mother. And it's a really funny story. <laughs> oh, Miss Fahrenheit, also a legend. A legend, yes, the legendary pageant queen of Canada. Um, <laughs> so I started doing pageants out of revenge. Oh, <laughs> yeah, not Tell not us. not my revenge, her revenge. So she, like, I had been doing. I had moved back to Toronto and I had been doing drag for a minute. And she was like, she comes to me one day. She's like, I need you to teach someone a lesson. And I was like, excuse God, me? She's, yeah, she's like, I need you to teach somebody less. She's like, and I guess she had some drama with a pageant queen in Toronto. Um, and they were feeling really feeling themselves. And she wanted to bring them down a few notches. <laughs> so she like made sent me. Her daughter. She sent her daughter. She sent, the, she released the hounds. So she was like, she's like, you're going to go. Don't the first talk pa- about your old face like that. <laughs> <laughs> same girl um so, so um we went down to um entertainer of the year and um uh, i did a prelim in louisville kentucky it was derby city eoi was the prelim and i went down and i competed and i won and i got qualified for nationals and then i went to nationals um and so that's literally how i entered the world of pageantry like on a national scale was like because t- t- my my uh, drag mother wanted me to like show someone how it was done so. she said get down there and school this sissy <laughs> <laughs> basically but then from there like I, I just kind of caught on and i loved it and that like she's a pageant queen so obviously i've been watching her do pageants forever and i had done a bunch of bar pageants in toronto um before that but that was just like a bar pageant it wasn't the same thing so i went i went and did eoi and i was first runner up to raquel lord who is just mm. her, absolutely mm-hmm. stunning atlanta mm-hmm. legend um, and stepping down that year was Mocha Montrese, who is Co- a former Coco's continental. Mom? Yeah, Coco's mom. I yeah, I think Coco's her mom, or is she Coco's mom? Do we know that? I feel like uh, I feel like Coco's Mocha's mom, but I could be wrong. Um, Coco Coco is ageless and timeless. Exactly. Yeah. So she came up to me after the patch, and she was like oh, I think you should have won. And I was like, oh, thank you. And she's like, I want you to come do Continental, which was literally like a month and a half later. And so she called me up like the next day or texted me and was like, I got you qualified for Continental. And I was like, oh, so you're going to, so she's like, so you're going to go do it. So I was like, okay. So I literally took my EOI package and just went to Continental and I got first runner up to Nasha Lopez. That's the year Nasha won. Mm. And it was, it was really cool. Cause like I, one of the things I love about a pageant is there's always a monkey wrench, like that girl who comes in that no one really knows and just kind mm-hmm. of like, she's a little rough right. around the edges, but she burns the building and talent or something and everyone loves her. So I was that girl that year for both of those pageants. And that was like my yeah. introduction to like the American pageant world, which was crazy. Um, So yeah, like I, I did my black swan talent and I'll never forget it. Like when I did my reveal from white to black um, and the audience just went ape shit. They just went crazy. <laughs> and it was like this wall of noise coming at me and it was so cool. And I mean, I looked like a fucking mess. Like my, like I look back at those pictures and like my gown was pretty, but the hair, the makeup, like I had no clue what I was doing, but I still got first runner up. So that was cool. And I, it was like kind of what set me up for the rest of my life. So Obviously, I went. I went back the next year, and that's the year I won. Slaytina, Slaytina. Oh my God! Uh, hold your tongue right there because we have to go to a break. The advertisers <laughs> demand it. But we're going to talk about more things continental when we're back. So uh, see you in a minute, or hear you in a minute. Listen in a minute. We are back and we are ready to hear more from our continental divas. Honey, the dolls are assembled and they are here to spill all the tea on continental. There's a lot of discussion about like how how much it costs to do RuPaul's Drag Race. And I have the feeling that pageants cost astronomically more 
so like what what was the cost of your like of your package so i'm not i wasn't the normal girl like these girls spend thousands and thousands of dollars yeah i've always been able to scoot by on my talent and just like, I'm just going to go out there without backup dancers and slay. And I'm, you know, I was in that New York City mindset. It was like, I got a, I got a lot of rent to pay. I'm not spending 10 grand on a package. You're going to do this favor for me. Thank you so much. You know, and, and I knew how to make things look, look gorgeous. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I probably only spend like $5,000 work. I mean, that's still a lot, but that's a lot. yeah. But some of these girls, like Erica Norell, Norell was famous for like walking in with like a $50,000 package. And she looked fucking, am I allowed to swear? Hell yes. Okay, go Fuck ahead. yes. She looked fucking <laughs> sickening. You'd be like, what is she wearing? It was like, her hair was 10 feet and perfectly brown with like diamonds and like in this gown with like that shown to three stadiums away. And you're like, oh my God. Like, how does, she, how does this pay, get paid for? You know? Uh, but, you know, yes, I, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race, yes, it cost a lot of money. It didn't in the beginning. I mean, it just, it's worked its way up to that level, right? Where you go on and you have to compete. And this is yeah. a competition. And so when you hear people like, well, it shouldn't be that because some people can't, you know, it's like, girl, you make it work. You're on this right. show. You're on a world stage. You figure it out. You learn how to sew. <laughs> Bianca Del Rio. So, you know what I mean? So. I don't know. Yes, it's expensive, but you know, that's the way it goes. And some of these girls go into pageants, you know, once a year. They save up, they earn their money, their extra money, they're into pageants. But it's more of a lifestyle, it's more of like their happy place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they enjoy it. It's just part of the, the whole thing. Did you spend more on getting ready for drag race or pageant? Oh yeah. Which I mean- which was your which was a pricey pa- page package? I mean, the this it's funny because the Skyfall package, which I won, was the least expensive package. The year that I spend the least amount of money is the year that I win, which is insane to me. But I did, you know, the one with uh, the robot. Um, I had a, I had a robot uh, talent thing that we did, and all those dancers were offloaded in from Puerto Rico. The set was made. This. Joshuan Aponte, which I'm sure you guys know Joshuan. He he's, does a lot of the Drag Race Girl stuff. Um, he built the set for me, made all the costumes. Um, I had a gown that was 300 yards of fabric. And the fabric was all custom painted, uh, dyed, I should say, because it was we, we found about 150 yards of it, and then we couldn't find any more of it. Oh so then we bought it in white. We bought it uh. in white. And we dyed it pink so that it was like a, a it was a gradual uh, right. you know, a pink. So it went from like a, uh, a regular pink to like lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. But it was 300 yards of raw stuff. Wow. Yeah, Damn. that year, that gown alone was a pretty penny. That package that year was the most expensive for me, yeah. The year you won. Can you just tell us about your package that year? I mean, the, your gown, your talent, your interview. Um, you know, I always felt good about interview because I can string two sentences together and I have a right. thought process and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, that's what I did on stage every like five nights a week in New York City. I talked, you know, right. Um, with a few numbers in between, you know, little things. <laughs> and, um, and uh, my talent, I wanted to do, I wanted to sing live because I wanted to like um, just be at that next level, you know, even though I'm very comfortable lip syncing um, and dancing. And that's just always been my gig. And I do live numbers occasionally. But this was before you had like all the autotone programs. And I was like, you know, I don't have like a high, you know, shrilly voice. So trying to like find the right songs, like there was a, like 10 songs that I can sing the shit out of. And because, you know, they were just, you know, on pocket songs and I, they were in my range or whatever. 
right. this song, um, and Margaret's appreciation, I used to do just the song lip syncing. And I thought it would be fun to do it with backup dancers and sing and, you know, have that kind of poochy kind of gorgeous. It was kind uh-huh. of frustrating. The, the first night I did, I wore a different outfit, um, the same outfit, but in bright neon orange with the strings and the mirrors glued all over. Cause you always, I, you know, you hear you're supposed to change it up a little bit, you know, just to, to elevate it. Um, right. So I, I did it. My hair was perfect. Everything was gorgeous. And the next night I did wore that same dress, but in a nude with mirrors all over. And there was a rainstorm and I had set my hair in curlers. And by the time I got to the, to, um, the the Vic, I think it was, and took out my rollers. It was like, I was like, son no. of a bitch. <laughs> it was like, you know, when, when you're using your own hair, there's nothing you can do at that point. It's no. like, damn, it's raining outside. You can't try to dry it and curl it again. You have to go on and make the best of it. I mean, I just, you know, that's the one thing looking at that video. I'm just like, oh, my hair looks an absolute mess. But... I turned the number out. Um, it's funny because the, the, my first year competing, I liked all of, I liked all my package better. I liked wow. my gowns better. I liked my swimsuit better. I liked, you know, um, you know, well, yeah. So if I, if in my dream of a perfect pageant night, it would be combining the first year and the second year together. I would have taken my gowns from my first year and wore them on my second year because my second year gown wasn't great. Um, the guy who made it, he just was not, his heart wasn't into it. Mm. And then when I won, he realized that and gave me a free gown. Oh. Which was nice for my give up. He's like, Candace, I'm going to do this for you. You <laughs> had no idea I was going to snatch. <laughs> so fiercely. Can we talk about the year you won, please? <laughs> sure. The the whole package was there. I mean, that talent, you're on ballet point. Uh like that. Like that. Tell us about the the your inspiration preparing and and doing that night. Well, it was really hard because like Black Swan went over so well and people live for it. And it was one of those things where you're like, how am I gonna top this? Like, yeah. what, what can I do? So I was like, it was, there wasn't a lot of production value, which is kind of the only thing. So I was like, okay, well, let's add dancers this year. And we're still going to do, we have to do like a cool reveal as well. So I did like the, the tearaway tutu, which like split in half. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that was really cool. So, um, but yeah, I was just, I, I was really nervous. Cause I was like, it was, it's kind of like, it would kind of like be going back for all stars, you know, like I was right. technically first runner up. So Either I win or I do worse than I did last time. <laughs> right. So I felt a lot of pressure. Um, but yeah, it turned out well for me in the end. I won by like the hair. I won by like two points, I think. Like Joan Julian was my first <sighs> runner up who was just. But a- she's since won, hasn't she? No, she hasn't won. She just won. Um, what did she win? Miss she won Glamorous. Some she just won Miss Glamorous. Mm. In, so beautiful. Oh my god, stunning. And he, like, um, and this was when she was, she hadn't transitioned yet or anything. And she was mm-hmm. just a boy queen. And she was just like, she she just walked out there and like turned and looked at the audience for evening gown and like they just stood to their feet and clapped. She was just <laughs> that's stunning. The face. Stunning, stunning, stunning. So she almost beat me. And again, like it's it's taken me a while to like get my looks together. I mean, I've always been a very performance-based queen, and that's always really what I focused on. And like looks and things are just things that part of drag is something that's always come second to me. So I still, I look back at those pictures and I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking booger. Like, how did I win con- like continental? And like, for me being hard on myself, I was just like, ooh, it was not my best. Um, but yeah, But the talent was there. I mean, the, the talent the, was there and the, the question t- and answer was there. That's that. See, that's the part that flips it all in its head. Wait, I don't think right. I've seen that portion because I've seen the talent and I've seen the gown and I've seen all oh. your other winning, but I've never seen the Q&A. What was it? You got you got to go and watch the Q&As. That's, it's so funny because like one girl will b- burn the pageant and then she'll get to Q&A and she will fuck it up. And then right. she loses. It's And then right. it's the girl who was like consistent, not great, but then like murders question and answer and she'll flip to the front of the line. Some girls choose looks, some girls choose books. Exactly. <laughs> so my question are, um, I was so lucky. It was a perfect question for me. <laughs> Um, the, question, the question was, um, 
what did you, what category did you prepare for the, this year the most and why? Mm-hmm. And some, like, sometimes the questions are like, what do you think about the economic situation in Iran? Or like, just something like, you have like, no, I, and they're like, really what? hard. Oh yeah. yeah. I bet like there's, there, I've seen some like ridiculous ones, but this was like an easy, good, straightforward question. So I said, um, the category I prepared for the most this year was question and answer. Cause that's what I struggled with the most last year, because as a dancer, I was taught to speak with my body and not my mouth. So public speaking and expressing myself verbally is always something that I've had a lot of trouble with, but I'm working on it and I think it's going great. And yeah, it was just like a simple, straightforward answer to the question, made them laugh yeah. a little bit. It was perfect. If you can make them laugh like a little bit, then that's like the best thing. Right. Yeah. It it, it was perfect. And it, it was, it was so um, charming and you were so well-spoken and yeah, you turned it, you turned it in that category. Thank you. In my off the rack peach dress. <laughs> wow. Well, it was a peach. It was a peach. It was a Hulse, it was a Halston off the rack, but it's an Halston. off the rack nonetheless. <laughs> Set the scene for us. Was it your year? Did everyone say, "Oh, she's definitely going to win this year"? Were there other people who were expecting to win? What was that like? Um, what it was for me, I, I went in there with this uh, manifested energy that I was the winner that I won. This was mine. I mean, in my car, I had, you know, little posts that said, I miss Continental. In my bathroom, I had it. And I'm, I was constantly reminded that I miss Continental. And I, I had it everywhere. So I went in there with that mentality. Um, but it was a, it's a competition. And just like any competition, you start to see people and whatnot. And Brooklyn had just broken into the scene. This was mm-hmm. her second pageant ever. Uh, or, or at a national level, I should say. Um, and she is ridiculously talented. And I saw her solo talent and I'm like, oh, okay, she's someone to kind of worry about. And then I stood next to her and I said, oh, you're eight feet tall. I have nothing to worry about. But it's so funny. Uh, you, you start, because it, it's, it all starts at registrations and rehearsals and it's, it's right. all like an intimidation game too you know you have these like things that you do and like Brooklyn will show up to rehearsal and like for example I'm just using her as as an example but she'll be like in sweats and a t-shirt and I'm in a cocktail dress and my hair is up in a bun and I'm here sitting proper in a purse and I'm ready to compete at rehearsal so it was always about playing the you you play the part right from the beginning you're always competing so you want you if you're applying for this job you have to look the part the entire time um so i think that that's the part that kind of like sets me apart from the group um Mm -hmm. but of course you have people like and i'm not sure if you're familiar like chantal demarco who is just a stunning queen goddess you have stasha sanchez who's on legendary right now who's a stunning stunning queen and i'm just mentioning the coat the coach ads too stasha yes yes she just yes she's in the coach ad as well and aurora sex i mean my top five was made up of brooklyn you guys know Aurora Sexton. Mm-hmm. Over. She's in LA now. Stasha yep. Sanchez, Chantal DeMarco, and Tiffany T. Hunter. I mean, these are all girl. work, palace girls. Queens. These that was my top five. So of course you're like, oh my God, am I really going to, you know, do this? You know? But I did. Wow. There's a clip of you putting on Brooklyn's crown at Continental. And did you consider a staple gun? <laughs> Because getting pins through those kind of fucking big loafs and wigs, that takes that takes a lady. And you did that. And you were determined. You said, I'm going to get this fucking pin in there. Stay still, bitch. Stay still. Hold on. That. It was very that, Nisha. It's very that. Because if, if you look at any anyone crowning any other girl, it never looks pretty. It just never. Because you're just trying to get it on there and you're just fucking shit up and... It, yeah, but I was like, well, I remember mine. I just had this big old piece hanging here. And I'm like, I want to try and make her look pretty, but it's just not going to work. <laughs> yeah, those hairdos are, uh, they're a lot. I want you to watch everyone's reaction when I won, because that's the best part of these videos. You don't watch the girl, you watch everyone behind. <laughs> okay. And they're all like, oh, really? <laughs> it's amazing. her. <laughs> Let's... We got your new winner for this year is number 
Katie Booker Hart. Candace's eyebrows oh. went, what? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you Cezanne's, saw him go, Cezanne's not even clapping. <laughs> just, everyone's just like silent. Yeah. Damn. And then, and then Nisha, with the hair loaf, she just goes straight down. Yeah. She, she goes, Right exactly. onto the hair love with that massive crown. Exactly. Oh my god. She <laughs> said, We're gonna get this on there. And my drag mom running down the stairs to come and give me a big hug. That was Aww. there she is. There she is right there. Oh I was so excited I had no top lip. That was nice. You're, you're not getting the deposit back on that hair loaf. I'm and Nation's just, just say over that. it. She's like, I'm done. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> like and I was the I was the exact same way when I gave up. I was like, here you go, bye. <laughs> I know. Damn, you look yeah. beautiful. I. What a moment! It was. It was a moment. It was incredible. Honestly, it changed. It really did change my life. Um, from that's how I got hired at play in Nashville, and that's how I got like a work mm. visa to the states, and was able to be on Drag Race. So I really owe absolutely wow. everything to Continental. So, as Miss Continental, what was your like? reigning year like are there requirements did you gig around as miss continental did it get you bookings like what was that year like so i won miss continental i came home and five days later the world trade center was attacked (gasps) and so my year was flying (laughs) around the country petrified with all of these new regulations and trying to figure out what life was like, you know, it was a really odd year, kind of like the girls who won drag race and then the pandemic hits. Right. And, you know, they're like, um, Mary, she, I was, you know, I was like, girl, it's, it's, it's rough, but I mean, I experienced it too, in a, in a way with living in New York city and going through it. Uh, I went to places like Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow. And you go around, you sneak in the back and you go into this down this driveway and it kind of looks like a personal home, but you're not sure. And you do a secret knock on the door and it's like, okay, those are queens. They can come in. It's like people drinking inside of music. And then like you're going home and these big like four wheelers with baseball bats. are going. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know, um, yeah, I, I traveled a lot of the country, you know, and, and, and met some wonderful people. We love with the girl. This is juice. This is dish. This is scalding hot liquids. This is hot grease in my pocketbook in the front row. But we have to take a break. So we'll be right back. back and ready to hear more from our continental divas here's Nasha lopez so uh, i heard that you may be competing in mr continental this year mm. um so maybe you can tell us the difference between what it's like to run for mr versus what it's like to run for miss um oh you're going oh. backwards you're going to be a boy the patch again <laughs> yes uh yes it's true i am getting are you gonna are you gonna wear a lash am i <laughs> individuals a wisp individual <laughs> just individuals yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh let's see the biggest difference um getting my bodies together for miss i went to see a doctor and now i'm just seeing a trainer <laughs> oh okay all right <laughs> no no wow no. But seriously, the, the the body thing is probably the hardest thing uh, and the biggest difference because I'm really uh, working on trying to make stuff work that I didn't have before because of, you know, my drag aesthetic. You know, I, I try to be fishy and real girly and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I wouldn't lift the weight for for anything. And so now it's like I'm doing right. all this like upper body stuff and working out. Um, it's it's, I, I don't want to say that it's easier, but 
It is. I mean, what goes into drag and what's going into this, uh, it's a little bit more subdued, but it is a lot of work. It is a whole lot of work and discipline, um, especially with, you know, the body stuff for sure. So do you perform in Mr.? It's going to be the same exact thing. It's going to be, you know, there's like a presentation, there's a private interview, then there is a swimsuit. So I have to get my body together. Hubba hubba. Uh, there's evening wear, which is, you know, uh, and anything you want to wear for, for evening wear. Then there's talent. So you will perform. You'll do a talent number. And then um, from there, they're going to choose a top five. Top five will have an onstage question and then they'll choose a winner. So it's actually the same exact pageant, except you're performing uh, in male form. Has it ever happened that there was a, a miss that won Mr. as well? No, not in any system whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> so Breaking boundaries. Excited. Yes, yes, yes. I want to normalize it. Let's do it. Wow. Uh, that's amazing. What is the worst thing you've ever seen happen at a pageant? Riggery, you don't have to name a name, but what's the most evil or the... Like shady, sabotage, evil. Um, I haven't seen this, but this is what I heard. So oh, good. Yeah. We love conjecture and rumor. Oh, it's a good one. So this is what I heard at, um, I think it was Continental Plus, which is um, held at a different time. So Continental and Mr. Continental are held Labor Day weekend in Chicago. And then mm-hmm. um, Continental Plus and Elite. So that's, I think you have to be 225 and old, over for Plus and then mm-hmm. 40 years and older for Elite. That's also held in Chicago in Easter. Um, and when it's cooler for the big girls. Exactly. They very don't want con- it too hot. Very yeah. considerate of them. Yes. So um, apparently <laughs> someone pulled up on the side of the of the theater, right where the like the stage door was, and it was yeah. propped open. They came in, they took all of the dancers' props and everything, all the feather fans and everything <gasps> that were sitting right there, like right before she was ready to go on, took them, jumped in the car, and sped off right before oh. her talent. Not the ostrich. Not the ostrich. That's like one of the shadiest things I've ever heard. I've also heard of like back in the day, queens like paying a designer to lose someone's gown. And like, (laughs) oh yeah. Like back in the day, like I I wish more than anything I could have been around in like the 80s and 90s for like the pageant world. Because that's when it was like really at its heyday. And like, it was Mm -hmm. like, just if you won Continental, like you were the best drag queen in the world, period bar none right and like and just everyone went to the pageants and they're still really big things but obviously with social media and drag race they're not what they're not as important to a lot of people as they once were um and that's when like the real shenaniganery used to happen (laughs) is that a word shenaniganery yes it is it is now it is the girl the girl that got her feather fan stolen she was standing at the side of the stage and she was like mother plucker (laughs) there was shade of course I kind of, I, I've always lived in this place of levity and I've never allowed myself, even in New York and anywhere to allow myself, I've never allowed myself to be brought down into a place of negativity. So when people were throwing me shade or I was seeing shade, I looked the other way. Um, I, I was as positive as I could be. And I was concentrating on myself, you know, like I'm an actress and I'm a a competitive person. And like, I was focusing on doing my best, you know, rather than focusing on, you know, why that other person is going to do better than me, you know? Right. And usually it's the girls who are, who are really great, who really are your competitors, who are the ones who are going to be nice to you and like chill and lovely. Totally. Totally. Uh, Predominantly, that's how it fucking goes. Yeah. I mean, this is also, you add queens in the mix. (laughs) 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 This isn't some, you know, you know, Miss America pageant where everybody has to be. These are like crafty, shady queens, honey. And I remember being downstairs and one girl tore through, who took my heel? Who took my heel? Everybody's like, girl, I don't know. Now, motherfucker, someone better. I better see that heel on my table. I'm walking to the bathroom, and if it's not back, I'm going through everybody's back. I mean, it was like, yeah, there was a couple of those moments where you're like, oh my god, this is crazy. This was 2019. 
with the most recent, the one who's Miss Continental right now. Um, mm. I was actually downstairs. We're getting ready for uh, for presentation, like the formers and stuff, you know, the opening. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, we start to smell something burning. Uh-huh. And we're like, there's something burning. And we're looking around and we're looking around. And the girl who actually won, her sweater that was on top of like her gown caught fire. Had <gasps> nobody, had nobody like turned around to, like what's what's that smell? The her gown would have caught fire. Oh my because her god. Gown was right there. How that happened, I don't know. Who turned on a candle? Who it, it, like who would even think about putting on a candle up in a dressing room? Like uh-uh. There, there was something sketchy and shady there. That was some shady stuff there. Um, I've seen, I've witnessed someone not not see it personally, but they pissed on a gown. <gasps> what? Honey, she peed on the runway. So, <laughs> so wait, they peed on someone else's gown or pissed in their own gown? Because I've seen someone piss someone themselves. Peed, yeah, someone peed on somebody else's gown. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if you're into I'm that, that's wearing... great. Yeah, you're like, I'm still wearing this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. but some shady stuff has happened. And uh, my favorite, and Jim will always say these stories when we're like at registration or she, he says, uh, everything turns up. Everything does turn up. I don't know how this man has this much power, but all of a sudden someone's, all of their jewelry is missing. The next day he'd be like, this jewelry is missing it better show up or this and this and this going to happen. Like he'll throw out some kind of empty threat, but people get scared and the shit shows up. It'll show up at the baton or it'll shut up again. The pageants. Um, yeah. People won't steal that. They won't do it. They're, they're really scared to steal. Yeah. What advice would you give to Queens? If they're curious about getting into um, the world of pageants? Oh my God. Well, I mean, it's not obviously, it, it's something you kind of do for the love of it. And you really, it's a great way to learn about drag, I find, and mm. like polish yourself up. Because on the honest truth is you're not going to make any money doing it. You are going to lose money. Um, even right. if you win, you're going to lose money. Like I've never made money off of a pageant, even when I've won. So, but it's a, what I have taken away from it is valuable life lessons about being on time, being punctual. Um uh, how to put a look together for yourself, how to um, do your makeup properly. All these things you kind of learn as you go and as you watch other people backstage put themselves together and stuff. And you you just kind of learn how to carry yourself a little bit. So I would say yeah. do it. I mean, um, I think it's important to invest. Like if it's something you really want to do, get yourself a beautiful evening gown and mm. find yourself a really, really cool talent, like something only you can do or something unique. And also study the system you want to do. Like if it's USA, like you're going to want to do a big dance, high high energy talent. If it's continental, you can kind of get away with really anything as long as it's it shows off your talent and it's something they've never seen before. You know, I hate it when dancers or people who can't dance try to dance. Mm. It is the worst for me. Like just do something else. There are so many other things you could do. You do not have to do a dance number when you literally can't dance. Like what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like, do a monologue, do something. Like some of my favorite talents, like I remember Jasmine Masters, the first year I did Continental, she did it too. And she did uh, Nene Leake's monologue. And it was just her on stage doing this monologue. And it was fabulous. And I was highly entertained. And I mean, yeah. like Erica Andrews, when she did her Mommy Dearest mm-hmm. Pepsi Cola thing, that's right. like a legendary iconic talent. And it's just her. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to find what you're good at and <clears throat> find and really um, kind of hone in on those skills. You know, the thing about drag was that we we were the trailblazers, the trendsetters. We, we were the ones that would push the envelope. And, and now it's like they look, no one's doing that. They're doing what that drag queen is doing or what she's doing. And, what's, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so what I would really love for people that want to do pageants or even drag in general is be their authentic selves and, and don't be afraid to. Um, because that's really when you're going to shine most. Exactly. I think I know the answer to this already, but it, it's on my list. I have to ask, do you ever get the itch to do another pageant? (laughs) 
when I won Miss Continental, you know, everyone was trying to get me to keep on because some of these girls win like all of the major na major national pageants, you know, and they go around. Um, I had that experience. It was super fun, but I've always, I was just never my calling, but I went back for like 10 years. I went back every year. I did, you know, the presentation at the beginning and I, you know, but then you phase out, you know, you just kind of like, I got busy with work and, you know, I was on a show and then I just stopped kind of going, but um, it's not really for me. I, I mean, it was at the time, but not anymore. I'm a little long in the tooth to be doing patches at this point. I don't know. There's always classic, oh, which God. is. No. No. <laughs> we want to extend a huge thank you to Brooklyn Heights, Nasha Lopez, and mm -hmm. Candace Kane for spending time with us and sharing their stories here on. Patch, patch, patch. <laughs> and we will be back right after this. Continuing in the great tradition of episode one of Patch Podge, we're going to talk about a documentary that is all about Miss Continental. Yes, uh, and we're so lucky that there are all these movies that sort of correspond with different uh, pageant systems. Mm -hmm. There is a movie that is all about Miss Continental. It zooms in on one year in particular in 2018. No, is it, it the 2018 released, pageant? It was released in 2018. Okay. Well, this is a documentary called The Queens. Okay. It was released in 2018. It's all about Miss Continental. Some of the uh, queens that it focuses on are Mimi Marks, mm -hmm. Maya Douglas, Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington. Her friends call her or, Gabby. Or as Jim Flint always says on the mic, Alexis Gabrielle Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> and our sister, Nasha Lopez, and so many, many other more divas. Sunny Delight yeah. is in there. Beautiful. Worked with her at S4, too. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd also like to note uh, Tiffany T. Hunter, TTH, mm -hmm. because she breaks down the cost of pageants and how Girl, they, she breaks it down. She tells it. Her, her, her gowns and dresses, just her gowns, they aren't dresses, for for the pageant alone, twelve hundred, thirty two hundred, twenty five hundred. Her backup Bitch. dancers, four hundred dollars each, mm -hmm. and I think she has something like nine. Her choreography, first night a thousand dollars, second night different mm -hmm. choreography a thousand dollars. So she's already over ten thousand dollars just in behind the scenes fees, and that's not covering the travel of all the dancers, the travel of herself, her dressers, her hair. And people. it's for one night. One night. And she she says she works customer service at the gas station to do this. Um, yeah. And so she is dedicated. This is yes. dedication. This documentary is called The Queens. You can go to thereporters.org um, or you can um, rent it and buy it on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. uh, the Queens. Explores Check it out. It's really good. I hadn't seen it until we watched it for this. You had it? And I'm obsessed with fucking pageant documentaries. Like, I didn't know it was out there. So I was it's, glad. It's pretty fucking great. Um, the Queens explores the transgender subculture of competitive female impersonation as we know it today. Along the way, mm -hmm. this feature-length documentary delves into the rich history of Chicago's iconic female illusion show lounge, The Baton, which is in its 50th year. Snaps to the girls yes. for keeping it open. And the club's, the club's legendary offspring, um, which is the Miss Continental Beauty pageant. And so many entertainers have passed through those doors. Uh, Chili Pepper, uh, Alexandra Billings, who's on Broadway now doing mm. Madame Morrible and Wicked. Like, this was where she got her, her sea legs, basically. Um, Amazing. The entertainers immersed in this fascinating close-knit community share the highs and lows of the documentary. And honey, let me tell you, when these girls lose... And they're out the building. They're they are holding that. they're holding up the clutch purse. No, you will not film me anymore. But, but I will sue the fool. But that they, is they keep their poise. <laughs> that's what stuck out to me because there's a couple times it happens in this movie where they sort of where the, it happens a couple times in the process. It's like the prelims happen the night before. Then on the pageant night, they announce the final ten. And so that means like fucking 40 girls with dresses and everything planned are out. 
They're just, out. They show them zipping up the, the, the suitcases and the garment bags. And all the girls leaving have pretty much keep their cool. You see a couple of shoulders shrugging, crying. But like the girls, you know, in this pageant system, they always know to come back. They aren't going to burn a bridge. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. set, set the house on fire as they leave. Um, but they are plucked. Yes. And then it happens there again. There is not a feather in the house unless it's on a boa. Yes, when they take it from the 10 down to the 5. Now, that's when people really can get pissed. Yeah, that's when they sent Nasha to the basement in this documentary. So close, and then they're like, peace out. And the documentary really captures that moment of like, some girls are like, you know what? I did great, and I'm going to come back next year. Some girls are like, don't fucking film me. Get the fucking Mm -hmm. camera light out of my fucking face. Yeah. Um, This is something. But that's part of it. Yeah, and this is something that the girls signed up for, and they knew nobody was taking advantage of them. Um, Jim has their best interest at heart. Um, He created this pageant for these girls, but there was discrimination within his own ranks for a period because Jim was saying that no sex changes are allowed. Um, And that was in this documentary as of 2011. Now it's fine. Now it's... It has progressed with the times. Vanessa Van Cartier, who won the year I was there... Mm -hmm. Uh, she's open about having, you know, bottom surgery. Gender confirmation. Uh, Well, and some girls, you know, some girls do and some girls don't. Oh, yeah, gender confirmation is kind of bad now, too, because not everybody needs that to confirm their gender at this point, So that's an outdated term, too. I'll shut up. No, don't shut up. I mean, it's a a conversation, uh, and I think it's important to have, but... The And it shows how much this has progressed because Jim Flint literally says in this documentary, no sex changes allowed. We don't we don't want sex changes up there because they're no longer a female impersonator, which this that that is an antiquated way of looking at it. And it's good to see that Jim Flint has like has learned more and like grown and progressed. And now the pageant is open to. Girl, it doesn't, it doesn't, because it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. surgical things you've had done. What matters is, are you fucking sickening? And this is, this is not something that like just Jim came up with out of the blue. There's girls that I know, you mm-hmm. know, who've won drag race, who run, who run shows. And one of them told a girl, if, if the girl asked, if I get, if I do this surgery, can I still be in the cast? And he said, no, baby, you can't. And I'm not going to say who it is, but like these are outdated things which are now changing, thank God. But um, the film follows four particular competitors for the 2011 contest. Mm -hmm. One girl is a seasoned vet, seasoned curly fry of a vet. Her name's Alexis (laughs) Gabrielle Sherrington. She's competed. That's a name, bitch. Honey. How many syllables? Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington. She's got nine syllables in her name. She is not afraid to take up space, and she is doing it, honey. They show. But you her- know what? You can call her Gabby. All her friends do. <laughs> her clip package. She she has spent money in these Girl, eight years. She's probably spent almost. She a mil- came to play. So much money. She came to play. We also follow follow in the documentary Nasha Lopez, who. Many of you probably know from Drag Race, mm-hmm. uh, but she is she stands out because she's one of the contestants, one of the few contestants who is not a trans woman who doesn't live her life as a woman, mm-hmm. um, which the pageant is open to everybody. But traditionally, this is a pageant for the woman, the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she says that she's a boy head to toe. And at some point she makes some arguments saying, well, if head to toe. Uh, she makes the argument that like, if she's standing up next to a girl that's gone through all the surges and has, has cocooned into a beautiful butterfly, um, mm-hmm. that who are you going to award more points to the girl that's going further in her illusion or the girl that's, um, the actual illusion personified now. And okay. these kind of arguments make sense kind of if you're in your own head and you're in the competition because you're like, yeah, I'm working harder than these girls. I don't have boobs. I have to contour there. I have to pad this. Like, I understand where she's coming from, but her talent also surpassed that argument in relevance because she was one of the few boys that has won. And now she's competing for Mr. Continental. Exactly. 
So this is a whole like time capsule of gender conversations from a decade ago, which people are still learning and having now. And, and you can yeah. watch this documentary and learn some stuff from it and be like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I certainly and, did. And this is, you know, this is the a place where a lot of these conversations happen and a lot, a, a lot of these conversations get to progress because this is a this is trans women coming from all across the country and now even internationally uh coming together and like fucking having a convention basically mm-hmm. so like it's it's a really important institution and it's it's really it's an interesting documentary to watch yeah, sunny delight it- i loved getting to follow her in this documentary uh, she's from New York City. She's gorgeous. Mm, oh gorge. my god! Yeah, Sunny D is the one. Um, Beautiful. She, she mentions that she could have invested the sixty five thousand dollars in a condo, but she wanted to do the page this year. Sixty five, well, babe, for honey. one night, diva. Yeah. Um. Some of the organizers Wild. don't think she has the it factor. Which, if you've ever seen Sunny on stage, I think you would argue with that. She's yeah. radiant. She's like a sunbeam. She's beautiful. Um, they show her talent where she's like, she's on the couch in the feather fans. Mm-hmm. Honey, did, did you see Sassy Divine as Mary Poppins? <laughs> I love Sassy! That, that, for me, yes. that for me was like <laughs> Jessica Rabbit trying to play Jessica Fletcher. Like... <laughs> You can't, you can't hide all that booty and beauty. Like she was, Honey. M- Mary wanted to pop them, pop them buttons and then erections because she was sexy. Mary Poppins, she gave it brilliant. To uh, sunny, oh, go ahead. As as you mentioned, we also get to see Tiffany T. Hunter mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. She works at a gas station as a cashier, and she is going to win the pageant, and she is committed to it. Um, she heard that some of the queens saved. 30,000 during their reigning year during bookings and she has gotten better each time she's competed competed and she hopes to make it to the second runner up and she gives that classic interview throughout the the movie where she's like half done up she's like got her eye contour on but no lash she's cooking and she's just really honest about everything and um she has you see her great you see her comb through a loaf with three strokes of a brush she says (laughs) and whenever you can hear your hair and you're brushing it that means you've You've bent it to its will, and it is submitting to you. You can hear the hair. I know that sound. I do. The saddest part is when you see, like, 18 hair loafs bob into the basement down the stairs. It's just loaf, 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 loaf. When when they're eliminated. I'm like, all that good hair walking. God damn it. Um, What's your favorite part about it? It's just, it's really magical to see the like the stairwell that goes down underneath the stage because I've, I've seen, we've all seen the clips on YouTube with the giant letters that say Miss Continental. And we see all the glitter and the fucking sickening drag that happens on the stage. But the things that happen downstairs, you get to see really great moments of, uh, there's a red bag missing. Uh, oh, there's always something missing. We, something we, always goes missing. We would like you to treat the other entertainers how you would want to be treated if this if something of yours accidentally got misplaced. So Girl. please put it on the table. Mimi Marks has a really sweet moment. Uh, and just like the moment of camaraderie. Tiffany T. Hunter is so lovely. Uh, and she's like, she's so thrilled that she gets second runner up. She's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, because she's done better every year she's come back. And then she goes on to win later in and then the future. We, we get a happy ending because Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington mm-hmm. wins after oh, all of her, so her hard work, her, her 19 dancers. Um, and it's nice to see a full circle happy ending for the gal. Absolutely. Um, so check out it's this It's really doc- great. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. It's called The Queen. It's on Vimeo. It's on thereporters.org. The Queens, the Queen, sorry. And uh, thank you for checking out Patch Podge this week. Yes. And uh, 
Representing Steel City Continental, she coined the phrase, thank you God for all this pod. We thank her for all of this pod. It's Wilhelmina St. Heatherston. And from the city of sisterly cisterns, please give a big round of applause for the most golden of the girls with an encyclopedic Britannic knowledge of the jokes between friends of an advanced age, the Dorothy Zabornak of our podcast. It's Alaska Thunderfuck <laughs> 5000. Uh, the planet well, my, my full name now is Alaska Gabrielle Sherrington Thunderfuck. So Alaska Gabrielle just... Sherrington Thunderfuck Juno Justins. Yes. Yes. Alaska she... Gabrielle Sherrington Thunderfuck. Okay. Uh, we'll be back next week with more pageantry, more glamour. We hope you're enjoying this series because we really are as well. Um, and of course, we'll have a little more backstage drama. Our next episode is all about Miss Gay, Gay America. America. And if you want to be extra prepared, we'll be talking about the documentary Pageant, which is also available on Vimeo. So check that out. Alaska, Alexis, Gabrielle. Wait, Al- Alaska, Gabrielle. Sherrington, 5,000. Thunder. Bouvier, Wilson. Alaska, Gabrielle, Sherrington, Bouvier, Condonast, um, Sherrington, uh, 5,228,000 De Deluxingtons. Bebbington, Deopulence. The third. At large. Van, Van Wells. <laughs> Von Cruz, Van Cartier. Um <laughs> If you can have any pageant-related news for us, BTS stories, amazing pageant, amazing, amazing pageant clips, or anything you want us to see to talk about on Page Pod, you can email us at our Race Chaser Gmail, racechaserpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from the girls. That's right. And remember to check out the Pageant Pod playlist on the Forever Dog YouTube channel for all the pertinent video clips and references that we're talking about here. It's just a really good time over there watching Divas in Gowns. Okay. Thank you all and good night thank you chicago you're one in a million forever Pageant Pod is a Forever Dog and Moguls of Media production hosted by Alaska and Willem. Produced by Big Dipper and Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli. Alaska Thunderfuck. Big Dipper. Brett Bowen. Joe Cilio. And Alex Ramsey.